Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Lindsay Becker. Lindsay is a board-certified sports physical therapist. She is one of Golf Digest's top 50 golf fitness professionals. She's a Titleist Performance Institute certified coach and instructor, and she also owns her own practice called Buckeye Performance Golf, located in Dublin, Ohio. Lindsay, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for spending some time with us. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think... Um, you wear a lot of different hats, right? And, yeah. and I think with, with that, you've got a, probably a pretty interesting story kind of leading to where you are currently. So maybe for the listeners, just kind of tell us kind of a background story as to maybe where you went to school, your career in terms of maybe some jobs you kind of worked out prior to open up your own, you know, your own performance you know, clinic, Buckeye Performance Golf. Yeah, so I did undergrad at Ohio State, um, and my undergrad was in nutrition, actually, but I always knew I wanted to go to PT school, and so I did PT school at Northwestern. Nice. And my, um, so my last clinical at Northwestern was in Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida, and then I decided to stay there for three years to work. And so at the time, so my background is in running. I was a cross country runner, marathon runner, swimmer. I played golf when I was little, but like not, you know, I never played competitively per se. Um, But when I was in Florida, so I was like, I'm going to be like the running therapist. Right. And I realized that working with runners is annoying, like, cause they don't listen to what you say. And I can say that cause I'm the same way, you know, it's like, they're having like significant pain and like, yeah, I think I'm only going to do seven miles today. Like, so right. annoying. Right? right. So it was about that time we're starting to, we're seeing more golfers in the clinic just because it's Florida. And I actually went to team concept conference, the sports sections, TCC and TPI did a kind of three hour mini presentation on TPI. I had never heard of it before. And I was like, this is cool. Like, this yeah. is kind of what I want to do. And so I started doing that. No one was doing it at Gainesville at the time. So I was in Gainesville for three years. Then I came to Ohio State. I was in sports medicine there for five years, working with just general population golfers, as well as the OSU golf teams. And really no one was doing TPI at that time in Ohio. Like I was, I would be like, Hey, have you heard of TPI? And be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and it just kind of went from there. You know, I became like the, the TPI, the golf PT girl around town. And from there, I mean, as we were just talking about before we started recording, like it becomes a small little world that, you know, everyone and, you know, make these connections and, I find golf is a really interesting sport to work with from rehab, from performance, from, um, yeah. But so anyway, so I was at Ohio State. I was there for five years. Um, I was working, I was training a guy who was playing kind of like mini tours, Latin America tours. And he was like, you know, I have this team around me of like, you know, you're my kind of fitness um, PT person. I've got my coach who's Mike Bender in Orlando. I've got, you know, a coach in Phoenix. I've got all these people. Wouldn't it be cool if we could have it all under one roof, you know? And so he stopped playing. That would have been like the end of 2015 or yeah, mid 2015. And we opened up this facility. So 
we have a facility, it's called the Golf Room. So Kyle Morris is like our head pro where we've got now three teaching pros here where you can come and hit. We've got six track man bays and practice lessons, all that fun stuff. Sure. We've got gym and rehab with and my company, Buckeye Performance Golf, under that roof. And then we've got a sports performance psychologist under the roof as well. And so it's like, if you want to get better at golf, we've got the skill, the body, the mind yep. all under one roof. What do you really need? Right. You know, right. or do you need all of it? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which is yeah. most, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, a lot of people are kind of shifting towards kind of that integrative model, right? I think, you know, having everything under one roof, like, you know, you talk about like UGP, like out in, uh, on the West coast, like yeah. golf performance, like those types of companies now they're becoming more prevalent now because there are so many aspects of a golfer's game that needs to be worked on whether it's physical yeah. whether it's mental whether it's instruction and I think having everything under one roof is just it makes the most sense it makes it a lot easier I mean TPI title is like that's the model they preach is like the team approach yeah. but in reality if like I mean I know when I was still at Ohio State I'd be like hey you should really go and see this person but they're across town and then you got to schedule with them. And when it's right under one roof, it's like, let's walk over and ask that, you know, yeah. or let's collaborate. I was sitting on, on a lot of lessons or we have a lot of like kind of co-teaching where it's, you know, this is the swing we're trying to get them to do, except their back's hurting. So how can we work around that yeah. you know, yeah. and find that's, the best thing for them right then and there? That is really cool. And I think not many recreational golfers or even maybe even collegiate or professional golfers get that experience right and you know the yeah. fact that you bring that to ohio is awesome and i think you said it right the fact that no one was doing what you were doing at that point in time you became that subject matter expert right you became yeah. the person that I go to for people that are hey if you're dealing with golf related issues Lindsay's is the person to go see and then all of a sudden it just kind of materializes from there which is pretty cool yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, people were like, you know, how did you get in with, because beyond just, you know, at my facility here, I also work with Muirfield Village where we have yeah. the memorial. People are like, how'd you get in with Muirfield? And I'm like, I literally cold called him. I'm like, hey, my name is Lindsay. I do TPI. Like, have you ever heard of it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, sweet. So can I tell you a little bit about it? And they're like, we guess. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, it was really like that organic, you know, there wasn't right. some sort of big sales pitch. It was just like, Hi. <laughs> I mean, it's, so. it's much like how we kind of ended up kind of in, in a little bit more in the golf niche as well. Like when we opened up our own practice within the gym, like we had a client that was a, a member at a private country club down the road. And he's like, hey, listen, I really think you should reach out to their fitness director. He's a strength coach. I think you guys have a lot of the same philosophies. I think it would be a no brainer to bring you on. I'm like, okay, sure. So one conversation yeah. next, and then all of a sudden, very much like yourself, like at Cobblestone Creek Country Club, We've got fitness, right? We've got our fitness director, Ben. We've got myself, who does the kind of the sports rehab and some performance stuff if need be. And then we've got Neil Reedy, who's our PJ head, head instructor. Like, it's a great model to have. Yeah, absolutely. And as long as there's trust and realizing, like, you know, there's, you know, everyone has their role, but then there's collaboration in it. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is, you know, kind of a win-win for both, you know, you as the practitioner and having that network, but also the player. Yeah. You know? that everyone's kind of speaking the same language. Yeah. And sure. I think too, like that, that becomes challenging too, is a lot of golfers who maybe need help and maybe don't know where to go. They might go see like a general practitioner who maybe isn't well versed in the sport of golf. And, you know, unfortunately when golfers are looking for certain things, they usually have multiple things going on. Right. And if you, they don't right. say a healthcare provider doesn't know the swing or doesn't know the, the nomenclature of golf. then I think a lot of times maybe those people that are looking for help aren't getting the help that they need. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I see that in both, like, whether it's someone with pain and I'm like, you know, you have back pain and it's because of this aspect of your swing, right? And we can really look at your swing and figure that out. But even from like a performance fitness standpoint, like I have a number of people who they know they should work out, right? And that it should, it's all healthy and everything, but like they just, they don't want to, they don't care. Yeah. But if I can give them a couple exercises that are like specific for their swing, like this is gonna help your trail shoulder rotation so that you can come from the inside, now they care. Yeah. They could really care less about their rotator cuff right. or how good their shoulder muscles look. They really right. don't care. Yeah. But now it applies to golf and they're willing to do some of those exercises. Absolutely. You know, that's where it becomes a little more golf fitness right. as opposed to just fitness. Right. And I think too, like when you put that spin on it, like it becomes a lot more recognizable for that golf athlete, right? If, if we're just right. talking about rotator cuff and anatomy and all this stuff, it's going to fall on deaf ears and for the most part for the, for not only the golfer, but right. for most people. Right. So right. I think you can tie it back to a goal or tie it back to, Hey, this is what's going to help with your swing. Then all of a sudden you can get, maybe get a little bit more investment from them to try and do the stuff you want them to do. Right. Right. And that's where, you know, having a team that you trust and kind of understand like the golf pro knows really well of, Hey, I'm trying to get them to do this in their, you know, when their path and their swing and they can't do it. You need to go see Lindsay. Because yeah. you're never going to be able to do this yeah. unless, you know, you work this out. And then if you figure out, oh, we're not, ha we can't do that. Well, then you're going to always have an over the top swing and we'll have right. to manage that. Right. right. Yeah. But, and then similarly, like I know enough about, you know, a golf swing, the golf swing to be dangerous, but I also know when like, okay, this is what your, your body has all the capability and you just aren't doing it. You need golf lessons, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think too, and being like, able to tie it back to, you know, what they're doing in their lessons and, you know, having the same terminology, it just yeah. really helps. Yeah. And I think too, like not being everything for everyone, every, every person is important. Like having that team yeah. approach, where, Hey, listen, I know the swing based of what I know, but I think you'd also get some help if you, you know, work with a PGA professional or work with like someone else that is maybe well, more well-versed in the swing than, than some of the stuff that we kind of look at. And obviously, you know, we look at it from a different lens than maybe an instructor does. So I think that, yeah. that again, team approach becomes so important and so crucial for golfers' ability to kind of feel like they're getting the most out of the care that they're currently getting at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I would say probably like whenever anyone asks like advice of like, you know, if they're wanting to get into golf, my biggest thing is like, go hang out with golf pros. Yeah. And I would literally just watch, I still do. I watch lessons all the time yeah. and just see like, you know, what the pro is doing because a lot of times I can watch and see, all right, I can see that they're flipping at, you know, flipping their wrists at the, end, at the bottom um, at impact. I can yeah. see they're over the top. I can see all these things, but really understanding the causes and effects, you know, which one is the root problem that we need to actually fix. And then it cleans everything else up. I'm not as good with that, right? Yeah. That's the golf pro's job. Right. So I can learn a lot, right? And yeah. then even like as a physical therapist, I felt that I knew performance and fitness and I don't, I didn't, you know, like I had to learn a lot, Yeah. you know, like how do you develop power and speed? That's right. not something we really talk about in PT school, right. you know, like, right. no, we, three sets of 10 just done get people stronger. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, right. Right. It's true. <laughs> like I got to learn some of these concepts. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So again, we, like we spoke about before we started recording, you know, I, I'm an adjunct professor at a local uh, college here. And uh, we were teaching our first elective on strength conditioning principles for the, for the PT student. 
and a lot of this stuff they had no idea about, right? And again, I didn't yeah. learn it in PT school either. And it sounds like you didn't either, right, Lindsay? So yeah. it's just one of those things where if you're not exposed to it enough, you're not going to feel comfortable trying to program or implement it into a program when you know that's what they need, right? Yeah. That becomes even more important to understand, at least if you're not the one doing it, one, understanding the, the obviously the terminology and the, the way to kind of program stuff so that if you are collaborating with, let's say, a strength or a fitness coach, that way you have the, you're on the same page and again allowing that collaborative effort there right absolutely so we were talking about you know one of the people that i teach with is sue falsoni and one yeah. of the courses we um have based on her book is called bridging the gap yeah. and so really taking that like you know to performance even in the physical therapy realm like how do you start to get people back to performance and you know particularly high level performance and so when we teach it we always and a lot of times it's two clinicians and we'll be like how many people feel comfortable you know about with the principles of hypertrophy and things like that and of course everyone's like got that no problem right <laughs> and so then you start talking about it and you can just see like deer in headlights like yeah. wait what because they never learned it but we think you know as pts like oh, i went to school for so long so i know all of this and it's like put your ego aside realize yeah. that their strength coaches are you know have a knowledge base that we don't necessarily have right. you know so spend some time and learn from them yeah for but, sure so let's do this because I know obviously you do a lot of the sports physical therapy stuff, but you also do a lot of, yeah. spend a lot of time in the performance side. So maybe kind of tell us your approach to kind of working with golf athletes and maybe kind of blend your background, right? As a sports PT with the performance aspect of golf. I mean, I think there's a lot of misconceptions that PTs yeah. really work on injuries and rehab, but ultimately yeah. like we're talking about here, like the performance side of stuff is something that I think more PTs in these you know, specific niches are kind of gravitating, gravitating towards. So maybe yeah. you shed some light as to maybe how you integrate your expertise as a sports PT and also performance as well. Yeah. So, you know, when people come in to see me initially for an evaluation, like sometimes they really do like I have back pain, right? Or they have an injury or they have pain. But I have a lot of people and particularly my, my older golfer, you know, my over 50, but even some of my younger ones, who they come in and what they're looking for is performance. But then when you start talking to them, they've had back pain in the past, or they've had a rotator cuff repair or injury in the past. They've had you know, a knee replacement, whatever it may be. And so as I do my evaluation, I'm kind of doing a performance evaluation, but it's also a little bit becomes a little PT-ish sure. um, to figure out you know, what their primary you know, problems are. And then as you start to build them a program, it almost is this like performance slash high level PT. It's yeah. kind of that in between of, you know what, my back doesn't necessarily hurt right now, but if I start to just do like a general fitness program, my back's going to hurt or I'm afraid it's going to hurt. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that they feel comfortable with my medical background of giving it exercises where like, you know what, I'm not really, it wouldn't probably be appropriate for like actual physical therapy because yeah. they're not really having pain or they're not really like limited in their ADLs, right. yep. but they do still need some more kind of therapy type exercises yep. or even some hands-on mobility stuff. I mean, a lot of people have mobility things that again, they probably wouldn't qualify for, physical therapy like insurance based because yeah. again they don't have you know right. pain or limitation right. but that is affecting their golf swing you know yeah. from a performance standpoint yeah. and so and then you know the nice thing at least from with ohio with direct access is now these people who maybe you come in for to see me for more performance 
And you went and played 36 holes this weekend and you walked and carried your bag and now your back is kind of acting up. You come in on Monday and you go, you know what? Like, I'm just kind of achy sore. We can do more therapy that day. Yep. Right. And then, okay, you know, Wednesday you're feeling better. Okay. We can do a little bit more performance. And yeah. so really tailoring the program to what that person needs. Yeah. And that's even with my juniors. I have a ton of juniors where it almost becomes a little bit more, maybe like how people think of an athletic trainer. Since I'm seeing them day in and day out, they go, Hey, you know, I just played 18 and my back's a little sore. Well, let's get at it right now instead of waiting two, three months till it becomes like an actual issue. Right. right? And we can just manage it right then. Yeah. That proactive approach is something that Again, so for the listeners that maybe aren't aware of what we're, what, we're, what we're talking about, direct access is your ability to see a clinician like Lindsay or myself and not need a referral from a physician or another medical provider, right? So that way we can be proactive. We can say, hey, listen, you just played 72 holes over this past weekend. Your back's bothering you. Let's get that under control and then move forward with whatever fitness or performance goals we will have you know, moving forward as well. So that's really important because I think if people aren't aware of that and don't know that they can do that, then what a lot of people do is they'll just wait till it goes away. Right. And then if it ever, right. if it doesn't go away, then all of a sudden they've wasted a couple of weeks and now all of a sudden you're starting from scratch again. So, you know, you right. know being proactive and being able to get ahead of it before it becomes, or like, you know, festers into something else. That's a key point there. Yeah, absolutely. And it allows me to do, you know, some other things, beyond like, like I'm really into recovery. I think we talk about training a lot and then there's such this huge component of, of recovery that a lot of times is ignored. So I'm able to do some more recovery stuff or talk to them about nutrition, talk to them about sleep, talk to them about hydration, all these other things that play into it that may not be what you necessarily think of as physical therapy, but it's so important for the whole um, performance and rehab aspect. No question. And again, I think people forget that that is an aspect of recovery, right? So right. talking about nutrition, talking about sleep and all these different things, stress, you know, again, yeah. it might be a dead horse when, when people come in and talk to us about it, but those are some key things that you can absolutely influence pretty, pretty easily if you're aware of it and understand how best to kind of manage it. Yeah, absolutely. And then even, you know, going along with that, because I do have access you know, we work under the same roof with a sports psychologist of, okay, like how does that stress, if that's really manifesting itself on the golf course, you know, or in your life, okay, like let's now talk to someone who's actually, you know, certified to do that. You know, like I can give you some pretty general tips, but at the end of the day, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but like talk to one, right. And whether it's from a performance standpoint or just like a life management standpoint, you know, I think there's a lot of benefit to that. And I think too, like just to your point, there's maybe this this stigma, like oh, I need to talk to a mental coach, or I need to like what like uh, that. Yeah. People kind of poo poo on that a little bit, right? But I For think sure. opening the door to that and having that under your roof, where like, hey, this is a, a commodity that needs to be addressed more often. Like I think that kind of breaks down the barrier a little bit and allows people to be a little more receptive to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know one of the things because I'm a huge proponent of it, but people are always like, ah, I don't. I don't need a shrink, you know, like I'm right. not, I understand I'm a head case on the golf course, but not that bad. And I'm like, listen, no one's going to ask you like how you felt about that shot. Cause honestly, no one cares how you felt about that shot. The shot already happened, right? right. The feelings don't matter about it. Right. But like when you got up to hit that shot, did you feel any sort of anxiety, tension, pressure? 
how do you even identify that in yourself, right? right? And then if you do feel tension, pressure, et cetera, how does that manifest physically? Do you tend to, you know, tighten your grip? Do you tend to not breathe? Do you, you know, tense up, whatever? And then that's when you have the bad shots. So being able to recognize that and then be able to calm that down, whether it's, you know, some deep breathing, whether it's thinking about something funny, smiling, whatever it is that works for you. Yeah. Now we're talking about performance and yeah. it's not, we don't care how you felt about the shot. Right. No one cares, right. <laughs> you know? And then they're like, Oh, I didn't even realize that, you know, like yeah. that's the performance part of it. Absolutely. And, I, and like we talked about, you know, prior to like performance can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. And, you know, I think just pigeonholing to just training and fitness, I think it's very, very short set of way to look at performance. Performance is a very all encompassing thing. And again, some, sometimes it's the mental aspect that people struggle with the most, especially in golf, right? Golf is such yeah. a mental game. And if you're, if you're constantly in your head all the time, you're thinking about all these different things from a swing. I mean, you're, you're losing the whole sight of what, what, what you should be doing, which is enjoying the game of golf too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think if anything is good coming out of this, like, quarantine is you're seeing some of the professional golfers like Rory, you know, he's posting, he's using his whoop, he's posting his stuff with his recovery and yeah. kind of talking about like, look, I finally got enough sleep, right. you know, and how that makes him feel. Or I remember he posted one day of, you know what, this was a bad recovery day because I had alcohol. Like, how does that affect you? And it's like, right. it's not saying you can't drink and have fun. Just realize that that might have an effect on your recovery and then performance the next day. Absolutely. That's, that's I think that's a good place because people don't think about those, those factors, right? Like what you ate, what you drank, all this different stuff. They don't really kind of look at it in the, in the, under the whole umbrella of performance, but it's a huge factor when, it, especially when you start to try and play at the next level, like those things become even more magnified. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things we do. We have a junior academy. And so we have a bunch of junior high and high school kids who they come in, you know, four days a week during the winter and then even in the summer as well. But one of the things I make them do is keep a food log for a week. And honestly, all I have them track is just how, is how much water they get and how much protein, right? If they want to track calories or anything, sure. but, and it's, and then we talk about it and it's just kind of funny how they start to then realize gosh, I don't eat breakfast or lunch. And then I throw down some, you know, candy or grab Wendy's before right. I come to golf and I feel like crap. Right. Huh? What do you, you know? know? And instead of me going, you need to eat better, you need to eat breakfast. They are able to see that like, or they go, man, I just, I had to write down everything I ate and I realized I eat a, I eat a ton and it's kind of crappy <laughs> food, right. you know? So yeah. they're able to realize that, yeah. you know, without me barking at them. Absolutely. This is just trying to get some of these like healthier habits, sure. you know, going at a young age. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's transition to, um, you know, yeah. again, given that you work with a number of golfers with varying backgrounds, different experience levels. I mean, what's the number one thing you feel like golfers struggle with the most? I mean, in your opinion. Um, <laughs> it can be a lot of things. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we start? Right. Um, so physically, so physically, number one injury by far is back issues, sure. right? So, and that's sometimes swing related, just from an overuse standpoint. Sometimes it's mechanics. Sometimes it's carrying the bag. Sometimes it's not even golf. Right. It's my guy who sits, you know, at his desk all day doesn't move, doesn't stretch, doesn't do anything, and then thinks he's going to go out and swing the club as hard as he can, right. you know, at, you know, 115 right. miles an hour or something. Right. And you're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. Yeah. what in the world? Right. 
I would say that that's kind of probably the biggest thing that I deal with and I see. But the other thing, just from a performance standpoint of golf with our, with my amateur golfers is we see people whose expectations are just like too high. And that sounds mean, but like we watch professional golf and those guys are amazing. And if you watch it on TV, you really only see the really good shots or like a couple really bad, right? right? But you don't see like the stuff in between. And if you actually go to a tournament and you follow the player, you realize that like, oh, they had some crappy shots, right? right? But they were still able to like, you know, shoot a good round. And I just have people who just beat themselves up over, well, you know, I had a pro shot from a hundred yards and I didn't stick it to five feet. And you're like, yeah, no one does on tour either, unless you're like <laughs> Tiger at the 2000 Masters, right. like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, true. oh, right? right? And it's just kind of like, bring down the perfectionism, right? You're not a tour player. Yeah. Like, just try to have fun and make yes. it a little less stressful. Yeah, and I think- and then you have more- Yeah, I think you're right on that, and that I think the expectations and listening, having high expectations for yourself isn't a bad thing, right? But then no. coming to the realization that not every shot you're going to hit is going to be perfect and not everything right. you do, like having those ebbs and flows and how to manage that, I think is really important for the golf athlete for sure. And that's, I mean, particularly with our juniors, and this is true of adults too, but particularly our juniors, there's such this fear of failure, right? Of like, oh, I hit a bad shot and now you know, dad's disappointed in me and I've let down my teammates and now the whole round just snowballs and becomes this terrible because of your one bad shot. And you're like, no, like, how do we, it's okay to fail. Or you know what? You shot 90. That was terrible. But like, that doesn't mean you're a bad golfer the next day. Like we all have bad rounds. Yeah, You know, if Dustin Johnson doesn't make the cut, at a tournament he's not like oh my gosh i'm quitting golf and i'm the worst golf forever it wasn't your week dude (laughs) exactly right and i think too like having that realization and understanding of like the bigger picture is sometimes i think young golfers in particular they they you know scrutinize every little thing and when they scrutinize every little thing they can't see past that right past that all of a sudden that snowballs into something then then maybe the mental coach needs to be into the into the whole aspect of this because to help them get past that Right, right, absolutely. So that's, I mean, that's one of the things we talk about a lot, particularly with our juniors, the fear yeah. of failure. Yeah, you know. yeah, I think having people who are, are understanding of that, right, and, and accepting that, right, but also how can you manage that? How can you manage right. it for so that you know the, the feelings that you had, how can we make sure that we don't have that happen again? Or if it does happen again, how can you best manage that? Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's transition to this, Lindsay. Let's, we're just going to do our segment. It's called What's in the Bag, right? Yeah. So a lot of our golf listeners like to kind of hear what our guests have in their golf bags. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about what, what are the clubs you got swinging currently. So I'm currently playing um, TaylorMade um, okay. clubs. I have some M4s that nice. um, I got, I think, two years ago, maybe. Okay. And then, which, like, sorry, Titleist, but... Um, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> then, I'm surprised I let you do that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, I do have a Scotty Cameron putter. So there, you there you go. go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's so funny, too, like, talking with, like, uh, guys like Lance Gill, and, you know, he's like, you know, Titleist, they're on him all the time about, hey, you can't be using any, any other clubs other than Titleist, right? Right. I, like, hey, I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so let's uh, let's do our shotgun round. So our shotgun round yeah. is basically a, it's, we're going to ask you a number of different golf related questions. You're going to try your best to answer as quickly as you can without really thinking much about it. Okay, you ready? Okay. okay. All right. So how about our favorite golfer for you? It's an unpopular one, but Sergio Garcia is okay. my favorite golfer. <laughs> nice. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I just like how fiery he is. Yeah, for sure. And he's been doing it for a very long time, too. Yes. <laughs> how about our favorite golf brand for you? Probably, well, I mean, Scotty Cameron does make some good stuff. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> how about a preferred drink or snack either while you're playing or maybe while you're out coaching? Honestly, when I'm playing, I don't like to eat that much. So just like some trail mix, quite frankly, is kind of, you know, a little salt, a little sweet, kind of yeah. my favorite thing. Otherwise, yeah. just water. I've never been a sports drink person unless yeah. kind of need to. But right. yeah. cool. how about what's your preference? Par three or par five? Par five, actually. Par three, I always have these great expectations for. And then I managed to not hit the green. And you're like, seriously? I mean, there's the green. It's, it's not really that hard. right in front of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a tendency to kind of gravitate towards par five, too. Give me an option to either try and get there in two if I can or see what happens, you know? Yeah, I'm the person that stands on the tee box, and I envision greatness, and then greatness doesn't always doesn't occur, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm, not having, I'm not thinking like, oh, this is going to go in the water. I'm thinking this is hole-in-one, and then it goes in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I have the same mentality for sure as well. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, for you, Carter Walk? prefer to walk but i like a push cart if oh, they nice. allow it yeah and so, the technology yeah. with these push carts now they're getting i mean they're getting pretty fancy with some of these push carts that they've come out now with yeah yeah it's a course that allows it but i mean if you can have a caddy honestly that's the best <laughs> a lot of people say like walking with a caddy there's nothing like it you know and yeah um, you know again obviously up here in rochester we have oak hill and i've had the opportunity to play oak hill a couple a couple of times and i remember the first time i played oak hill um, I forgot that we had caddies and the guy took my bag. I'm like, what, what's this guy doing with my bag? And I'm like, oh, that's right. my caddy. So it is, it is unlike the experience of walking with the caddy and just kind of being able to enjoy the round. There's nothing like it. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Or th like the first time I had a caddy, I was like, oh, I've got this bunker. And they're like, ma'am, don't, don't rig the bunker. That's our job. Like, just, I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you <can help laughs> you shouldn't have to rake it for my mistake. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. How about uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Oh, I love Happy Gilmore. I think that's like one of the funniest movies. <laughs> it's hard not to quote Happy Gilmore when you're in the golf niche, you know? Yeah. I mean, I find myself quoting that all the time. And then if someone doesn't get it, you're like, like are you from under a rock? Like, what is going on? Like, how do you not know that quote? <laughs> well, it's funny too. Like, if you, especially with you, when you work with some of the younger kids too, again, because Happy Gilmore is a little bit more kind of a, a little bit older movie for them, they haven't seen it yet. And they're like, what? You need to see this move. You're playing golf. You need to see Happy Gilmore. No right. questions asked. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I teach dry needling. And so when we're teaching like how to insert the needle, I'm like, tap it in, tap, tap, tap it in. And people just look at me and I'm like, really? No one? None? Like, Come on. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like y'all suck. <laughs> All right. How about a uh, favorite golf memory for you? Favorite golf memory? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, being part of the, we had the President's Cup um, at Muirfield in 2013, oh, which cool. was just an awesome experience. That said, it poured down rain. I've never seen so much rain in my entire life, <laughs> but just being in that atmosphere, working with the players, like everyone, it just, that team atmosphere just feels a lot different than a regular sure. tour event. Yeah. It was pretty cool to see. That so. is awesome. 
Yeah. Right, so to finish up our shotgun round, um, who's someone you'd recommend maybe, maybe we reach out to be a guest on the show? You know, there's a couple people. I mean, there's certainly a lot of like other, you know, PT, fitness trainers um, in golf who I can certainly recommend. Um, but one of the people who I think is super interesting works in golf, but he's not a fitness medical person at all. His name is Michael Boyko. And he has a company called Tempo in Motion. And he comes up and works with our players. So okay. Michael is a drummer. And he was with like Smash Mouth and the Ramones. And oh, no like, way. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like legit drummer. And then what he does is like creates these beats to help you with your like approach, like um, your pre-shot routine and things like that and get your tempo down. No way. And it's like, yeah, it's awesome. And he's just like the coolest dude to talk to. Right. And he has these stories from like when he would be on Warp Tour and things like that. That is awesome. <laughs> so um, I can definitely put you in touch with him. I mean, yeah, again, he's would... not a clinician at all, but he's into golf. He works with a lot of golfers and yeah <laughs> that is pretty cool i would love to have that contact because I, I think and it also too maybe it kind of speaks to kind of your running background because again when you talk about runners runners have the we talk about metronomes and cadences yeah and stuff like that. i mean why couldn't you yeah. do that with that sounds awesome that's i mean it's funny we've had a lot of conversations he and i about that of like you know when i'm running when i first started running and they had the mp3 players yeah. they had 25 songs that's right. all you could have and i'd be trained for a marathon and like you'll you need to hear like those 25 songs a lot right. but like you had to have a certain beat and it had to have a certain cadence to really kind of motivate right. but not like you go crazy and it's right. the same thing with um that you know, is really cool. creates for people it's awesome yeah really cool we're gonna have to do, we're gonna do that maybe when we come off of this podcast we'll, we'll try and make a connection there yeah for sure right, so let's do this let's finish up with some words of wisdom from you so you know obviously with a lot of golfers sacrificing their own physical health to play the sport of golf like what are some words of wisdom like with with, with that you would give with regards to those dealing with issues and maybe don't know where to start like what would be the first step from your recommendation Lizzie? you know i think the if you're a golfer and particularly if you are experiencing pain or have had pain in the past or the other thing is if you have gone to i have a lot of people who have gone to a lot of different instructors and they're just like you know what none of them really click it doesn't really work you know that person didn't work for me that didn't work for me whatever a lot of times it's not because the instruction was bad it's because your body can't do it Right. right. Or you're having pain because your body's lacking somewhere, mobility, stability, whatever. Yeah. So get a physical assessment, right. And see, and then from there you can go to, you know, that golf pro and go, okay, here's my deal, right. Yeah. I'm lacking shoulder rotation. I don't have very good hip mobility, you know, and so let's, how are we going to work around those things, right? Either we're going to be able to fix them or we need to accommodate for them sure. to have a swing that's going to help you. Yeah. And then the other thing is realizing that like, if you want to do some sort of golf fitness, it doesn't have to be like what you see Brooks Kepka doing, Right. you know, you don't have to be doing, you know, like all out, you know, squats and bench presses and things yeah. like that. Like that's awesome for yeah. him. But like a lot of people, they just need a couple drills that are very specific in terms of whether it's mobility, whether it's, um, you know, with some bands to mimic the swing, maybe it is some strengthening. If your goal is speed, like, what do you do that's actually fast? Nothing? Oh, well, then it's going to be hard to swing a club fast. Right. You know? So, like, really having a program that's really um, tailored to meet your goals and your needs, and it's yeah. not just general fitness, right. and it doesn't have to be that scary. Right. Again, I have people who, they want a full workout program. They want, like, they want to sweat. They want to work hard. 
that's awesome. Yeah. And I have a couple people that they're like, you know, their, you know, eight exercises. I mean, if their heart rate got over a hundred, I'd be surprised, right. you know, but it's working on what they need, Yes. you know, and to them, it's like golf fitness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the assessment part that you mentioned, like that becomes the epicenter of where you should start. Yeah. Because if you're not sure what your body can handle, or if you're not sure what your body can do, then asking a, a swing coach or instructor to figure that out for you is really, really challenging. Because if there are physical limitations that you have, there's maybe only so much if, uh, a PGA or a swing coach might be able to do for you, right? So again, right. going back to that whole team approach, having, let's say, a fitness or a physical therapist, you know, assess what's going on, understand what your goals are so that you can bring that back to your instructor. That can go a long way in one, cutting out a lot of different steps, but two, hopefully expediting the process of you getting to that point. Right. Absolutely. And then again, it's like, whether you, can you fix it or do we need to accommodate for it? I remember we had a guy come in who he had his uh, left ankle fused. Right. And so for him, like loading into his left side on the downswing and then really rotating just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Right. So like his swing is going to look different, but I'm not going to be able to fix that fusion. Right. It just is what it is. Yeah. So now the golf pro knows, all right, like your swing is going to look a little different. Your balance is probably going to be a little different than what ideal is, sure. but you can still play great golf with that. Absolutely. Yeah, you just based on what the, the people present as, right? That's, I think that's right. an important part. Not but we everyone, had to know that from an assessment. Exactly, exactly. And not everyone's going to fit the mold that you're maybe looking to try and build. Like everyone's built differently. Everyone's anatomy is different. So again, if you're not assessing that, then you're, you're ultimately shooting by the hip. And that's not what you want to do when it comes to the sport of golf. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, you know, whether it's finding a fitness person who, uh, or a medical person, or even golf pro who really understands and wants to meet those, your needs, you know, if, the swing lesson that I would get for someone who, I mean, I don't really practice very much, right? So I just want a couple little band-aids to fix yeah. my, you know, high slice off the tee. It's <laughs> going to be different than someone who really, you know, is going to practice, put some time in and wants to have, you know, a very consistent, repeatable swing, right. um, you know, and so having a golf pro who understands that, yeah. you know, the tip that I need is going to be different and the lesson I need is going to be different than maybe, you know, someone else's. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. And I think too, like when we talk about maybe even going back to the whole healthcare idea, like in a traditional sense, again, in the traditional sense is when, you know, a PT or a healthcare provider seeing multiple people at the same time, sometimes you might just not get that one-on-one -on -one time to be able to do that, right? You might just right. not be having the opportunity to, to spend enough time with that person to really truly understand what their goals are, right? Yes, it might be better. Their goal would be to be playing better golf, but maybe there are some other underlying issues there that could be determining that as well. So yeah. I think, you know, having that opportunity to spend one-on-one -on -one time with people like you are doing at your office and like we're doing here, you know, that goes a long way. And again, you know, hopefully cutting down on more steps they need to take and hopefully expediting them getting to where they want to be. Right. Well, and even if you don't, I mean, now I do have the luxury. I get to see people one-on-one. -on -one. I can yeah. spend, you know, if I wanted to spend three hours with someone, I can do that if I right. want. But when I worked at Ohio State, like, we, I didn't have that luxury. Right. And so, um, but I would really, I, it was nice that we did have an hour to spend for an evaluation. And I would spend a lot of time educating, yeah. right? And there was just a lot of, you know, education, making sure that the patient understood what we're going to be doing going forward yeah. so that then when they come in for the next time and I maybe have, you know, other clients there and I'm, you know, trying to manage several people, they understand the concepts, yeah. right. And they understand why we're doing this. And there's a, it's not just like, 
here's some exercises because they look golfy. Right. You, know, you know, this is how it's helping you and it's helping your swing. And then they're more likely to do it at home as well. Right. right? And right. there's a little bit more buy-in. Yeah. And I think too, the expectation of that client when you first meet with them is really important, right? You need to lay that out. Like, Hey, listen, even though we're going to be able to spend again in the traditional sense, we're going to spend an hour with you here, but moving forward, you know, there might be other people here with you. So we want to make sure we set the expectation right. from the get go so that they don't also feel like they're being left behind or they're going to be put in a corner and do, you know, however many exercises like we are here right. all the time. So, um, you know, I think that's really important for people to understand when they come in to see you setting an expectation from the get go. Yes. We want to meet your goals, but also understand these are the, some of the things that we need you to do as well. It's a, it's a partnership. It's not me helping you get fixed. It's like, how can we help each other get to a goal? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, even, even for the people who'd want more performance of understanding, like, you know, do you have, how much are you going to give me? Do you have 20 minutes to work out or do you have an hour to work out? Right. And if you go, you know what, I only got 20 minutes. Perfect. Then we're going to maximize that 20 minutes. Perfect. Right. But if you're like, I'm retired, I got all day to work out. Well, perfect. Right. We can do that then. (laughs) And the customization thing, it can't be understated. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So Lindsay, we want to, want to say thanks for spending so much time talking about this. I think we can talk all day about stuff, stuff like this, but for yeah. those who want to learn more, more about what you're doing in your business, I mean, what are some ways that people can reach out and contact you? Yeah. So, so our website is BuckeyePerformanceGolf.com. I mostly do stuff on Instagram. So my Instagram, there's either Buckeye Performance Golf or my personal one is LC Becker. I post a lot of videos of golf drills. I post a lot of, well, when we were actually allowed to see people, a lot of my juniors doing exercises, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. Some of my dry needling stuff. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you can contact me through any of those as well. Perfect. So, what yeah. we'll do guys is uh, we'll put Lindsay's contact information in the show notes so you can reach out to her with any specific questions you might have. Yeah. Um, and I think too, I'll, I'll, I'll test to, to Lindsay's Instagram. Like her stuff is phenomenal, right? It's, it's <laughs> really good. And again, for those who maybe struggle with like rotational control or being able to get into certain positions with regards to golf posture, like you go really deep dive into the explaining the why. And I think that's why I think it's really beneficial, not only for the clinician like myself, but also maybe the person who maybe just wants a couple of tips as to how best to improve their rotation when they're swinging on their backswing or on their downswing whatever it may be. So we'll make sure what we'll do we'll, again, like I said, we'll, we'll put Lindsay's uh, contact information, Instagram handles in our show notes. So you can reach out to her at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And I am, I'm usually pretty good about responding to DMS and stuff on that. So Perfect. if anyone has any questions and yeah, feel free to reach out. Awesome. Well, listen guys, thanks so much for listening to the pain-free golf performance podcast. We'll catch you on the, on the next episode. Lindsay, thanks so much again yeah. for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Hey everyone, thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, MANA is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com 
forward slash painfree golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.